First thing that happens is the world goes black. You just hear a little snap when your neck rolls back. You don't bite your tongue off or foam at the lips. And before you hit the ground, there's a moment of bliss. It's like token a spliff. It's like shedding your skin. It's better than the best train wreck there's ever been. You have to let it in, as much as it's upsetting. To wake up with bruises you don't remember getting. You don't remember how the hell you ended up indoors. You don't Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Clock Epilepticus, with test subject Micah B. The salty, slightly cynical account of Micah's shocking diagnosis with epilepsy. The synaptic jolts that shorts circuited his world and efforts to rewire his mind and create a new life. Oh, and he's going to have brain surgery. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Side. Welcome to Seizure Salad, Foster Cluck Epilepticus. This is Micah B-Side, your host, and we have Mitch Kiger with us. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How you doing? Pretty good. I'm just chilling at home alone right now. My girlfriend headed to Tennessee this morning to go help some of her sisters out. And so this is the first time I've been in my own house alone. So it's nice <laughs> to be able to right. blast music and like get ready. And yeah, it's been, it's been a good morning. <laughs> good man. Good man. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm kind of, uh, enjoying these afternoons alone as well. It's quiet. Yeah, that. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's almost that weird because we're in a back neighborhood where, like, there's not too much sound that goes on back here. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like if you have nothing happening, it's almost like that uncomfortable silence. You're like, man, this place is great for a studio, but when there's nothing happening, you're just like, all right, I got to turn some music on in the background or something. <laughs> it's yes. just like constant it's almost like a monastery you walk in and you you can almost feel it wrap around you so quiet it's just like, oh man i need i need yeah. music because otherwise yeah. it, i'm creating stuff in my brain exactly yep. yeah 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 i'll hear um, stuff out in the yard and everything and I'm just be like you know i'm like is it a cougar is it a bear i'm like excited to see what it is and it's just a squirrel dicking around I'm like man i gotta turn something on my hearing it's just too- <laughs> i need some music God damn it. No, I'm it's totally different now. I've got I've got the intersection of Highway 82 coming down from Aspen and I-70 as it comes out of the canyon and um meets up with them right here, right at the junction. I'm overlooking uh the Colorado River, the wow. uh, Rio Grande rail line, so the Amtrak train and all the supply yeah. trains. Oh yeah, and they give a good honk when they come through too. So yeah. it's yeah during during the week when it's not like crazy tourist season, um, there's uh, there's there's something sublime about it, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then all of a sudden a train comes through, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I like the sound of them in the distance. I always like grew up, I grew up in like in Ohio. And so we always had trains that ran by or like right by my house. And now here probably about five miles away or so I can like hear them in the distance and it's like, Oh, it's nice and everything. But yeah, when you're right next to the damn thing, (laughs) whole house is shaking. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And Glenwood's Glenwood's kind of a, a snug little Valley and you got the Canyon right there. And so the acoustics 
um, the train horn horns, they mm. echo so hardcore. Shit just echoes here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the sound of the train when you, when you go 12 miles um, west, like towards mm. Silt, where it starts to open up more into the plateau country. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's nowhere near as bad, and and like you said, it it is. It's kind of pleasant. It's like, like all right, it doesn't. Yeah, you don't feel so lonely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's still people at night doing stuff. <laughs> right. That's like right. my favorite time. You know, it's like nighttime just feels like there's more space. Mm-hmm. You know, just like everyone else is like going to sleep. Everyone's tucked away, and then just the earth just kind of opens up, and there's just more space to think. There's more space to just do whatever. And I feel like we're always in a sense, I mean, humans grew up with it. You know, it's a whole genre of movies of like being afraid of the dark and like things in the, you know, in the darkness and darkness is a bad thing. And it's always like portrayed as evil. And, you know, when in reality, it's, it's like the most pleasant thing in the world. It's like, it's such an arena to create. And usually your mind creates like, bad stuff in it but like when your mind starts to create like you know a whole bunch of cool stuff within it then it just becomes like this a blackboard for the mind and base seems just more vast even though i know there's a tree line there you know it gets so dark out here i can't tell and it's just i don't know it becomes this thing of like oh what's back there that primal you know just like kind of protection mode to you know i wonder you know i wonder what if I can light a fire on the edge and get some really cool shots along the trees and like use light and like darkness in between, it starts to, you know, be more creative instead. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's the one thing that, you know, what's the first thing that you go to when, you know, you meditate, you know, you close your eyes on where are you at? You're in darkness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, most people, I don't know if people can see light yet with their eyes closed. I'm sure there's some that can, but like, you know, most of us, you close your eyes, you're just in darkness. I and think, I think maybe that, that fear, that longstanding ingrained fear of darkness, um, for us might've just come from the early ancestral days of the, the hunter and hunted before the days of fire you know, and, uh, before, before we gain the ability and taught ourselves to use fire, I think that brought about an archetypal shift. That was a paradigm shift, a huge paradigm shift. And, um, honestly, I feel that, that before fire, mankind probably was less afraid of the dark than they are now probably had epic Um, night vision yeah (laughs) exactly exactly um and it's almost like when you gain when you gain these kind of life-changing and universe shifting type um abilities basically Mm -hmm. um then it, it it's like it stamps it into the brain almost quasi religiously uh, into into extremes, into lore, into legend. It all of a sudden becomes a Paul Bunyan story. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Totally. It's like the darkness was so scary, kids. But then we right. found light. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. That's why I really love the stories of like the Hawaiians and the stories of like um, you know the Maoris and just those old legends they have of it. 
and they make it more of a, you know, more of a thing. Like as a kid, you know, your parents like usually run upon the things that they have to like show you, you know, you go outside and you realize it's really dark out and all of a sudden, yeah, well that stuff kicks in. You're like, Oh man, you know, I'm just supposed to take out the trash, but it's creepy out there, you know? And you're like, run out and you throw it away real fast and you come in and, you know, usually like during our modern lives and everything, like a parent doesn't sit you down and show you like, Oh yeah, here's all the different cool things about darkness. It's usually like, Oh no, it's just fine. You know, there's nothing out there. And then they shovel you along. And the whole time you're in bed, you're just like, Oh man, I have this new awareness. That I'm like super scared of this, you know, like right. for me, right. when I was younger, it was lightning. And it's interesting because, I mean, now it's one of my favorite things in the world. I love watching lightning. This is to my sick kids. Time to flip this shit. Depakote, Adderall, Ritalin, Pixie Sticks. I don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun. Use it as a weapon when it's said and done. Seizure Salad, Foster Cluck Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Michael Ball. The song Seizure Boy, courtesy of Watsky and used with permission. Find more great music and poetry on his website, georgewatsky.com. Original logo painting by Brent Olson of Olson Studios. High-resolution MRI image of Micah's brain provided by the Rockstar Lab Techs at UC Health Neurology in Denver. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page, whatever floats your boat, just keep listening. And join us again soon for another episode of Seizure Salad. Until then, unexpect the expected and remember that it's all in your head. You ever had a grand mal seizure in gym class? I whiplash back when life was dishing out pimp slaps. Fed up and we've all been better, but I'm set to step up, never let up, cause the fall is just a setup now to get up. Regret will never get the better of me with the sawed off. When I'm having trouble talking, someone knocks my writer's block off. And if my my eyes glaze and my knees drift south. And you ever think to stick a credit card in my mouth? I take MasterCard and Visa for my risk rewards. I'm not biting my tongue. Why don't you bite yours? It's all too much.